Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. Congratulations, gentlemen. This is supposed to be the episode where we first talk about your brand new Kickstarter campaign, which is the Mark II, which is a new pen. Uh, but before we even started recording, you met your funding goal. Yay. So congratulations. <sighs> Thank you. Yay! Yeah, we did it. I feel like this is the fastest. Maybe. Is it fastest to funding? Maybe. Well, it kind of uh, it varies because the funding uh, amounts are always different. But I looked it up. I think the most we've ever raised in a day was the Mark One, which was mm-hmm. sixty-seven thousand. Oh well, you're already at fifty-three thousand as we're yeah. recording this right now. So I think you're probably going to beat that. We'll see. See, you you just sounded a lot like Griffin McElroy. Just right. For a second there, <laughs> Mike, for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I'll take that as like two things. One, I'm very happy about that too. It just shows what my podcast listening habits are these days, right? <laughs> just assimilating the McElroys now. Uh, so, Dan, can you give us and our listeners the, the kind of top level? Like, what is the Mark II? Sure. Uh, Mark II is uh, our next pen. And it is a pocket pen or, you know, a pen that's kind of meant to bring with you. So mm-hmm. if you could consider the way we see the Mark, of course, you could put the Mark one in your pocket and bring it with you. But we see it kind of more as a desk pen. Uh, and so this pen was designed specifically to take with you. So with that in mind, it has a clip, which I know a lot of people wanted from the Mark one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like there, it just came from the heavens for many people who, exactly. were, who were upset with the Mark One's lack of clip. We spent yes. so many episodes talking about the clip. <laughs> well, here it is. Enjoy. Uh, but also, it's uh, it's quite compact when it's closed, uh, which is a feature that a lot of small kind of pocket pens have. So it's a small little pen. You can fit it in your pocket or bag. And then when you kind of unsheath it and uh, post it, which is a term we had to learn, uh, which means basically you're sticking the cap on the back of the body of the pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes like a full-length pen. And in fact, it's it's basically the exact same length as uh, the Mark I and very similar diameter as well. So it'll feel uh, very familiar uh, writing with it if you've used a Mark I. And that's really the impressive, the most impressive part of the pen. Um, and I want to dig into that a little bit more, but just kind of like to dispel some thoughts around pocket pens. Pocket pens usually mean the pen is small, uh, but that's not the case with the Mark II, as you said, right? That like once you actually use the pen, provided that you do put, provided that you do post the cap, which you probably will want to, you have a full size pen, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's not. Uh, a thing that you can always count on. Some people want tiny pens, but I don't really know why. Um, the, the, <laughs> the second part of a pocket pen usually means a subpar refill, in my experience. Um, mm. Typically, the Fisher Space Pen refill, which I do not like uh, myself. I don't like that refill. Uh, can you talk about what refill is in the Mark II, what it's built around? Yeah, it's it's funny. I don't know... 
like if this refill existed when we made the Mark One and we just didn't see it or the, the world didn't see it. The first time I had ever heard about it is when you told me about it. So yeah. I, I don't really know what the deal is with it. And we only know about it because, you know, we're just looking at the Schmidt catalog and they're the one who makes like the Mark One refill. Which is the and best I, refill. It's just so good. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And so this so this refill is exactly the same as the uh the P uh 186 one from Schmidt. Um 8126. Sorry, 8126. My dyslexia is showing. Uh <laughs> uh this is exactly the same. I think it it's just smaller and you know, whole probably holds a little bit less ink. I actually don't know that but I'm pretty sure it does. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess, I, I don't know. I guess may, it could be that it was newly released. Um, but anyways, we were developing this pen to use the uh, full-size Schmidt refill that's in the uh, Mark One. But then we saw this thing. We're like, oh, it can be even smaller. Like we can make it even smaller in your pocket. And so that was nice. And then we, it's funny because it also supports the Fisher pressurized um refill and that is actually a little bit longer so the 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 fissure actually defines the length of it but it's only a little bit longer so it's not a big deal so we could have even made it a little bit smaller but we thought having the uh fissure pressurized refill was important because a lot of people like that um for like an edc yeah i think it was a good idea to have the option in case that was because as you say you just mentioned it edc everyday carry everyday carry community uh, big on pocket pens, and it's one of the reasons that especially durable pocket pens exist. And there is a real kind of like love for the Schmidt, uh, for the uh, Fisher in that community because it is, you know, as everybody knows, it's the space pen. It can write on anything, it can write upside down, right? like that's its kind of thing. Which, if you know, in the in the everyday carry community, that can be an important part, which I totally understand. And sometimes, you know, you will choose a inferior refill for different <laughs> uh, different <laughs> writing applications. Um, but like, you know, I, I'm I'm poking fun, but like, it's it's true, right? Like, if you want mm-hmm. a pen where you know it's going to write everywhere, that's one of the reasons that you would use the Fisher Space Pen. It's what makes that uh, or the Fisher Space Pen refill or the pressurized refill, as you mentioned. Um, and that make that refill specifically makes sense in a pen that is designed to be carried with you, right? Like, yeah. it, it makes sense. But I'm yeah. super happy that you found this smaller refill um, yeah. because that makes it, you know, for me, like an easy buy because I don't have any other pens that have this refill. Uh, I absolutely love my Mark One. I. I love my Mark One Apollo even more. So I was very excited because you are making this pen out of stainless steel as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it um, it won't be as heavy as the Mark <clears throat> the Apollo Mark One, just yeah. because it's like hollow. It's like way more hollow, kind of. I would um, want it to be less heavy uh, than yeah. than the Apollo because it's a pocket pen personally like it would be a bit weird for me to yeah. to be as heavy it would be a real heavy little thing in your pocket so it's actually not quite so heavy but it is uh steel and and everything's kind of it feels the same way and in the, the like the black kind of the black on black colorway is that you know, will be very similar to the apollo i think in in kind of feel but so yeah basically we have a the sleeve is black Cerakote no matter what. And then the kind of body that goes into it is either polished steel or then or PVD polished steel, which is exactly what the Apollo looks like. So it's nice that we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we know, we know, um, you know, kind of what both 
will look like and we have you know we have we know our manufacturer we know they can do that well because they did it on the apollo so it was really lucky that we had i mean we had this pin designed before or like mostly designed before the apollo like came out or anything so it was nice that we kind of had this like practice run <laughs> squeezed in there of the apollo pin uh to um to kind of make sure those finishes work out so so yeah it, i mean it's cool those uh, apollo pins before they're um pvd coated and they're just like polished steel look pretty cool they look like a, like a silver bullet kind of so yeah um it, you know it'll be it'll be nice so yeah we um i think the pin it will look really cool the clip is really nice like we spent a lot of time working out the details for the clip and i think we arrived at something that's unique but not like crazy hard to manufacture um and so yeah i, I think it will be you know the devil's in the details but it's it's going to be hopefully not too crazy of a production process um but i think yeah it's going to be it'll come out really nice i'm just so happy that we don't have moving parts like (laughs) you know with with oh yes of course there's no knock in this is there yeah there's no nothing moving it's like so much easier than you know like yeah we have some tolerance things and there's certainly some like finishing steps that are going to be challenging and I, I can foresee problems, but uh, at least they're not moving. Like at least we just don't have moving parts. Like, <laughs> you know, Tom, I feel like that phrase, I can foresee problems could go on your tombstone for like everything that you will have dealt with by that point in your life. Right. Like, yes, I can foresee problems with this. Like that yeah. my entire life is built around foreseeing problems in manufacturing. But it, you know, it's funny. I say that without stress now, it's kind of like a yeah. stated fact and it's just like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll handle them. You know, yeah, whatever. you look, you, this is one of the reasons we do this show. You guys have been around this long enough that it's like, and, and I've seen this with the notebooks, right? Where like things happen and I'm like, how could this have happened? And you're like, well, of course, <laughs> of course it's going to happen. And you think you have to be like weathered down into knowing that there are going to be issues. And then as soon yeah. as you can accept there's going to be issues, then the issues don't matter so much anymore. Um, so this pen may not stand the steel. But it's been in development for years. I, I think that I've known about this pen for as long as I've known about the Mark One. Um, Me, Clo- close. They're very certainly. close. Like I think maybe mm-hmm. from when it was, I think before the Mark One was released, or kind of just around that time. I'm assuming that at that point you weren't expecting that you'd be making this out of stainless steel, right? Oh. Mm, probably not. Mm, yeah, the steel no. is. Uh, there's a few reasons we're doing it. So I I don't know if this is the main reason, but the the body has to be steel for the to be magnetic in you know to click into place. Oh, cuz there's a magnetic closure. I, I don't There's a magnetic closure, but of course the course the way around that is you just have a a magnet inside mm-hmm. the body as well. So I've seen that a lot on non-steel pencil i've seen like titanium pens and stuff where there's like a magnet like a donut magnet around the refill tip and that is what attracts to the closure mm-hmm. but that's a significant diff- significantly different uh tip style like you really have to engineer around that uh and so i think if if we really really did not want it to be steel for whatever reason um and we needed to stick a magnet in the tip of the body, it would change a lot of stuff about it. So that was one reason to just go steel kind of keeps it simple. Can we talk about how it goes together? 
um, like so how the, the 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 pen and the pen body both when it's posted and when it's uh, when it's actually capped because there's some weird stuff going on there to make the the, the size differences work right like it can be yeah, small it, when it's closed and larger when it's open yeah so we that was kind of the real trick I mean I think we had some we had the general nugget of the idea of like, we want this to be short. And then when you post it, we want it to be full length. Like we wanted that, that was like been there kind of almost from the beginning, I think. And we went through several iterations of like try, how to do that. And we had lots of ideas of ways to do that, but all of them like really impacted the, like the look of the pen. Like it made it look like there was like a thread on the end or just some thing that was kind of clunky and not like sleek. Um, and so what we eventually arrived at was a combination of uh, either using a magnet to close things or friction. So when you're, when you're like closing the pin, like you're going to carry it around, like in it's kind of small mode, like Dan said, there's a, there's a custom magnet in the bottom that when you put the body in, it kind of snaps it, it like kind of sucks it in the last little bit. And so that's like a satisfying thing. And then, you know, you can like hold the pin by the sleeve and like shake it around and the pin body doesn't fall out because the magnet's pretty strong. And so you kind of have to pull it out to kind of, un, you know, kind of open it up. And then when you're going to post it or like putting it into kind of the long mode, um, the, <laughs> this, is, this is like very difficult to explain. <laughs> but <clears throat> so if the, the body of the pin, the like little short guy, that's not the sleeve, but the body part, uh, on the end, that's like the rounded part, like furthest from the ink tip, is the lar- is is the largest part, and then near the tip, it's actually smaller. And it's not a like a clean like tapered angle; it goes like straight, and then there's like a little angle, and then it's straight again. But it's such a like a small amount of difference that you don't notice it. Like you could. If if you had like a caliper, you could like measure the distance, but it's a, you know it's a couple thousandths of an inch. It's like pretty small differences, so it's not really perceptible, but it is kind of tapered. So and then the inside of the sleeve is also tapered. So when the, when it's uh, in closed mode, right, and it's like in small mode, the wall of the sleeve, the inner diameter wall of the sleeve, and the outside of the body are kind of in parallel. Like that step thing happens on the inside of the sleeve too. And so there's like a parallel step. But when you take the body out and flip it around, that biggest part of the back, like away from the ink, goes, starts going into the sleeve. And then at some point, it hits the part of the sleeve that's tapered in. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of snugs it uh, in place. And so it stops it from, you know, we really wanted it to be a snap, like another magnetic closure when you did that instead of a snugging. But it was just like impossible, basically. So we, we, what we did instead was we just worked on how the, that, that snugness feels, right? Um, where it wasn't like, because you can get it to where it's like way too tight. Um, like you, you could, you, we could design the, t- the taper on the inside of the sleeve such that you could like jam the pin in and it would like never come out. <laughs> so like, for instance, like on a, on a drill press, um, you know, there's like a drill press and then there's like the part of the drill press on the end that holds the drill bit and is spinning really fast, you know, mm-hmm. that's called a, uh, well, it's like a call it basically. And the way that those are, um, uh, like, 
that thing is actually can come out. That whole thing that holds the drill bit can come out. And, and it's not held in with a screw or a bolt or anything. It's literally two cones uh, that just get snugged together. And that's how like almost all like machining, like high-end CNCs and stuff hold things together is actually just snugging two like, tr- like cones together. So that can be an extremely... Um, strong connection depending on how the machine like the surfaces are machined and all this stuff so we had to avoid that like we didn't want it to when you posted the pin it was like very difficult to come out but we also wanted it to feel snug so kind of playing with those tapers and getting them to feel right it was part of the um, definitely part of the design process but in general that's what's happening uh, to enable this kind of like short and long thing and you know ideally you know, no one will ever see that. Like you would never look at it and see uh, any of those details. They're kind of like too small to really see. Um, So that's the goal is that it looks like this minimal kind of like impossible thing, uh, but that, you know, it's working. So, you know, that, that is one big challenge with like production is, is getting that, you know, to, to fit right. Um, But I think, you know, uh, I think we can get there. I mean, I was able to make it like, on my own, like my own right. crappy manual life. Yeah, and like so. me and Brad have said this before. Um, like one of the things that that you are both very good at is tolerances, at least mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. comes to pens, right? Like mm-hmm. that the tolerances of the Mark One are unbelievable. You know, like like much better than you would typically find in pens of that price. So, I am confident that this. I'm sure this will be the trickiest part, but I bet mm-hmm. you'll get it. Like I'm very confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. We. I was worried for a while. I was really worried uh, that it would be kind of a moving target, and we'd never get there. But um, I, we arrived at like a design that, uh, in particularly on the like inside of the sleeve part, that that is not. It's like pretty. You don't. We don't have to be like less than a thousandth accurate to right. like make it work it, it has some flexibility so and that's i guess that's, that's nice. why you would also include a magnet right because if you were going for a to- complete tolerance fit on the pen right for <laughs> yeah. friction it would be different um, but well, having a weird. magnet kind of helps a little bit i would assume yeah, so it's funny. We kind of crit us, or you know, our friends uh, CW and T, yep. Samuel and Taylor. They, you know, they, they like I don't know, like what was it, eight years ago uh, came out with <laughs> pin type A, and it had at first it was just um, it had a sleeve and a pin body, and they were just really super tightly machined, mm-hmm. so that the thing that kept it in was actually suction, like air suction. Yes. Um, but they ended up adding a magnet to it just because the suction. Like if you put it upside down, it slowly slides out. Like this, you you can't do it perfectly until the suction kind of slowly escapes or whatever. And so we knew just kind of like we didn't we didn't want it to be that tight. Like we could we could have made the body going into the sleeve a tighter connection and done that suctiony thing. Um, but it kind of it, it just it doesn't feel as awesome pulling it out. It does make a cool pop, but we just liked just the straight up magnet better. So the tolerances of like the pin body going in the sleeve aren't like crazy tight. Um, so that also helps. Like we we have some just basically wiggle room in general. Um, so you know I'm the the thing I worry about on this pin are making it seamless. So like we have it looks very simple, but it's actually the sleeve is too. It le- well, it's like three pieces of metal, but there's basically 
a little part that goes on the end of the sleeve that's pressed on. Mm -hmm. And then it's got to be post-processed to be like uh, seamless. So you don't like see a seam there. And so it's that kind of stuff that is, I fear is going to be the issue. It's just kind of making things seamless and like have the right kind of surface finish rather than like super high tolerance fit stuff because we're just, we don't have nearly as much of those like requirements, especially compared to like the Mark one or something. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I'm hopeful that we'll kind of skate around those things, but you know, as, as you know, it'll always be something. (laughs) Dan, can you tell me about the clip design? Sure. Uh, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, one kind of how did you land on this design? How many, if you in the kind of roughly, do you know how many designs you went through to try and get to the one that you have? Um, and what about the the specific design for the clip? Do you feel really kind of aesthetically fits with this pen? Yeah, we should uh, we should compile all those uh, all of the iterations, Tom, into an image or something. It'd be kind of fun to review. Well, yeah, um, don't share it because then you'll just get people telling you that they want the other design. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we uh, <laughs> we arrived warned. in a good spot. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. But we, uh, yeah, we went all over the place um, and and looked at a bunch of different pens and tried a bunch of different ideas and i mean as with anything it's it's a balance of functionality and you know the way it looks the aesthetic of it um and so i remember we went pretty far down uh a path that was pretty goofy or pretty unorthodox where it was like you know a, a parallel clip coming across but then it had a little like jag in it uh so like the entire clip was just a bent piece of metal uh it almost looked like a little uh like a heartbeat uh, monitor or something where just like it had a little dip uh in the in the clip itself and that's what formed the bump uh and we were actually kind of settled on that for a while and then for whatever reason we're just like i don't know if i like this anymore it was like it was too in my opinion it was just like a little too opinionated it, it kind of it was a little too weird uh, i and think just kind of compared to the design that you landed on it kind of made the design about the clip like mm-hmm, it, it was mm-hmm. very like visually uh I don't know if distracting is the word but like it you really really drawn to like oh that's a weird a like mm-hmm. different way to do that mm-hmm. um yeah. where what you've landed on I think is a much more classic design which doesn't mm-hmm. distract from the other elements that are in the pen it like I think adds to the overall package as opposed yeah. to kind of like making it about the clip design yeah so one one of the more kind of common ways to do a clip that you see often is uh like you know you have this the straight piece and then at the very end it basically just loops back on itself. So like the bump of the clip is at the very, very end of the clip. But if you notice on ours, when you're looking at it in the side view, you can see that bump is recessed some, it's kind of pulled inward. And that choice was just basically a result of uh, prototyping and testing where we discovered having the bump, not on the very end uh, just actually makes it easier to uh, clip onto things like a like a pair of jeans or something um the little the headroom in the front kind of acts as a guide i guess to help guide the material whether it's you know paper or cloth or whatever 
uh, it actually makes a big difference in, in helping uh, the clip just easily slide on to whatever it is you're clipping it to. So it was just, you know, it was it was lots of uh, kind of renders in 2D, just like looking at the look of it. And then, you know, we did testing too to see, you know, functionality wise, what actually uh, would work the best. And this is kind of where we landed. So I was looking in our like Slack history and can, does anyone make, want to make a guess when we first like sent this rendering to Mike, which I think was really early in thinking about this pin. I think I have the date. I'm going to guess. Say, go on, you go yeah, you first, go, no, you go first. Okay. I'm going to say April, 2018. I was going to say July, 2018. It was May. So right. Ah. Toward 2018. So you guys are both <laughs> we're, pretty we're, good, but here's the yeah. interesting thing. So then it was until February, like in 2019, where this, the, the mini, the, the mini version of the refill, like came to our attention, I think. Mm. So I don't know. I know we were just thinking about the like longer uh, standard Schmidt uh, Mm. for a long time. So I guess it was like, it was almost a year though, that we were developing this thing with the longer one. And then we could just like make it shorter with Mm -hmm. the the mini so this pen is obviously priced more um and i assume this is because of the use of stainless steel as opposed to aluminium right yeah Mm -hmm. for sure uh and it it, it's 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 more it's more larger parts if that makes sense so you know like the mark one there's like one big part and then a bunch of little parts Uh um and, and they're made out of aluminum but yeah because these are stainless steel and they're long and there's like deep drilling holes in them it's just the machining is just way more um because of that i mean stainless steel is like and we have to polish the stainless steel there's like a lot of reasons why it's just like the price goes up um so yeah definitely in combination i mean if we made this out of aluminum it wouldn't work but uh it would be quite a bit cheaper i I would it could even be like half the machining cost maybe but then you know, but it doesn't work. Like the finishes, we'd have to have different finishes. Like all, there's like a billion problems. But, um, but yeah, definitely the stainless steel makes a big difference. But it's just the fact that we need to like remove those seams um, and all that stuff uh, after post processing. That's like what can cause a lot of problems. Is it um, is it additionally nerve wracking to launch a product during a global pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> What what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, the story of this Kickstarter launch was uh, crazy. I mean, we were wanting to launch this thing in like January was our plan. Uh, mm-hmm. And we were all ready to go. But then I think we just delayed it a little bit uh, because of like Apollo uh, Kickstarter stuff. We were like finishing that up. Or, you know, finishing the bulk of the assembly. We're actually not completely done. Uh, We're waiting on some parts. But, um, and then, you know, this pandemic thing happened. And then, you know, the protests. And so we kind of just kept pushing it, kept pushing it. And, you know, the way this year is going, I mean, I don't think we could ever wait until uh, everything is, quote, okay, right? (laughs) So uh, we're just kind of like, well... I guess we'll just do it now. Um, and so, yeah, it's a big experiment about like what this means. I mean, you know, we have no idea. I mean, so far it seems like uh, we're doing like we're doing great. I mean, I'm super surprised and happy. So, I mean, hopefully, um, you know, that 
is like continues to be good. I mean, I am not as worried about um, the manufacturing side of stuff related to the pandemic. Uh, you know, unless there's just some huge spike again or something in China. Um, this is getting made in China for the by the manufacturer who made Mark One, and so you know we. Uh, they're like up and running, like they're making parts for us. I mean, they just sent us parts like yesterday. So um, hopefully that doesn't really delay anything. Um, and so I, I'm hopeful that this, that side of scheduling will be okay. But I mean, who knows, right? I mean, this year has been so crazy. We're kind of just taking it as it comes. <laughs> having Sarah coating done in America? Yes. With final assembly by the two of you? Yes. Okay. Well, and, well, and, and our uh, part-time employee. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> so yeah no um, same game i mean this it is a little bit different of a process um now because the way the pin has to be assembled it's kind of a little bit different i don't think there can be much very much pre-assembly that happens in china so that will be a little bit different but um in general yeah we're doing the same thing i mean getting parts out of asia that are like like to our specs is hard enough trying to do like finishing there and like final assembly is like not anything I want to take on anytime soon. So we're, mm. as long as we're making products that have these kind of like very aesthetic requirements and like finish requirements, we're going to be doing it. I mean, I just don't see a reality where we're kind of sending that off anywhere else. And, you know, I mean, Cerakote is you can do it really bad or you can do it really good. And our, you know, our, our supplier who does that is, is really good. And um, we wouldn't want to <laughs> move away from that. It's like worth the cost and everything to kind of yeah. have that. Yeah. Did you enjoy the socially distanced Kickstarter video? Oh, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I, I actually, as soon as I pressed play, because you sent this to me a couple of weeks ago, uh, I just immediately laughed out loud, right? Like it was just like immediate, like the joke was right there. Uh, that was very fun. Uh, the video in general then is beautiful. Your stop motion animation is quite the wonder to behold as always. Oh, thank you. Uh, we, we should touch on sound that. sound effects. But, uh, yep, the, the sound effects are always great. It looks really good. How long did this one, uh, was this difficult to take longer to make? Like what, what was the kind of process for the video? For uh, it was actually pretty smooth. Uh, I discovered a new technique, which uh, I'm happy about. I feel like I kind of learned something new or mm -hmm. a new strategy every time I make a video. But for this one, so previously... <laughs> With the Mark One, if I needed something to be kind of floating, I concocted like a ridiculous like wire coat hanger kind of like rig, and then I would just Photoshop all that out. Yep. Uh, but this time, for all the floating stuff, I just took a piece of glass and uh, kind of like prop like built a base for it to like so it would stand vertical upright and then because hey the uh, pen is made out of steel like i could use magnets on the other side of the glass to like hold it against the glass and uh and so then i could animate that so like when the pen is like sliding in or like flipping around or doing all that stuff in midair it's just doing it against a piece of glass and then i still had to do photoshop obviously to like remove uh, like to change the background basically, but it was much easier to Photoshop out when it's kind of already cleanly 
floating in space, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and the reason to do that is basically lighting. Like you want the pen more or less to be in the right place in three-dimensional space so that the lighting doesn't look wrong or weird. Uh, so that's why you kind of do it in the scene more or less where it should be so that it looks correct. And then you can still like photo, like I basically cut the entire pen out and completely replace the background. Um, but the reason it looks correct is because all the lighting is correct. Dan, did you have to, we didn't talk about this, but did you, why did you have to completely cut it out just because of glare and stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. The glass, like the, the glass, you know, it would, well, a, it had a border, like you could see, I mean, I had to remove just the, the pane of glass and the uh, base and everything anyways. So it's like, you, you might as well just cleanly cut out the pen. Oh, and then it wasn't cut. filling the whole frame. I was no, expecting, no, no, I think, oh, no. Okay. it was, it was like, uh, like a 16 by 20 piece of glass or something, maybe even smaller. Mm. Uh, mm, mm, and so I was, so yeah, I was actually, I was like, I wasn't sliding the pen on the glass. I was sliding the entire glass pane uh, uh, to like, to move the pen. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. I don't understand stop motion animation. <laughs> I just well, you, you take a you take a picture, then you move it a little bit, and then you take another picture, and you move it a little bit, take another picture. Oh, That's man. it. It seems TBS like, but like the, the idea of the photoshopping of like these thousands of images just seems that seems like a horrible job. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm weird and that I like, uh, sometimes I can just get into the zone. It's like my, it's like, I'm, I was never good at, uh, meditating. Uh, maybe this is like the one thing that works for me where I just like put on some music and just kind of zone out, uh, and do the same thing over Stop and over Stop motion again. meditation. Yeah. <laughs> you could teach a master class. In that. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, uh, you can be quite, uh, thrifty with the amount of images you're taking and needing to Photoshop. So like an obvious example is, uh, if you have an animation where the, you know, the body is sliding out of the sleeve and then it's sliding back in, you only have to do that in one direction. Then you can just reverse the frames to, Mm. uh, to put it back in. So you're always kind of trying to cut corners in a way to have to do as few images as possible. But Mm. It's not thousands of images. Usually it's a few hundred uh, at the end of the day. Labor of love. Yeah. Looks good, though. Do you want to, before we wrap up today, do you want to mention your mentorship program? Yeah, I think we we should should. talk about that. So what what are you working on here? Wait, what? What are you working on here? What is the mentorship program? Oh, yeah, what is the mentorship? Mm -hmm. Well, we... um, You inspired it, Mike. That's right, Mike. Yeah. We... Why don't you tell us about your mentorship program? <laughs> well, okay. So, uh, in kind of looking at what I feel like I can contribute towards the world, uh, I've been thinking about something like this for a while. Of In, in my industry, uh, there are not a lot of non-white male voices, um, especially in technology-focused podcasting. And... I've tried over the years to find as many people um, as possible and to try and give them the chances that I can, um, but have not really done much to help people get started. There's usually a reason that somebody will come across my radar, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. I wanted to be more of a catalyst for helping people um, who want to get 
started to try and see like is there a way for me to use uh, my skills and my position to help people uh, get started in the type of podcasting that I do. It doesn't have to be technology related, but you know, like I don't really know how much I can help someone make something like cereal, right? Because that's just not yeah. what I know. Um, but I know the type of shows that I make and that lots of people want to make those kinds of shows. So I've been bouncing around this idea for a number of months, but kept putting it off um, just because there was a lot going on in my life. And when uh, the the protests started to um, begin due to the killing of George Floyd, I thought to myself, no, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do this now. Um, like this is something that I have available to me um, and I can go for it. And basically this happened because I, I was talking about it with uh, our mutual friend Casey Liss on the podcast Analog that we do. And I just mentioned it on the show and to see if I got any take up and uh, people were emailing me. So then I went ahead mm. and created a uh, website and have been collecting um, some uh, applications for people that want to be in this program over the last few weeks. Um, this is a terrible time uh, because it's WWDC week right now, uh, so which is like <laughs> my busiest week of the year. Um, but I'm trying to go through all of the applications that I've had, and I think I've got, I, I've got way more people that I think would be good for this than I can possibly imagine I could mentor or assist at one time, mm-hmm. um, which is great because it means that you know, whilst unfortunately there are people that I'm going to have to let down for the for now, um, in, at least it, for the initial kind of group of people, uh, it means that. I feel like I can actually help some of these people out. So um, over the next... You can find the best fit. Like you can... Yes. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you you can find like, okay, this will really be effective or whatever. Yeah, and like, and or like the things that these people are asking for, I feel like it can actually help rather than like, oh, I'll see what I can do. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that was one of the great things I asked for because I created like a form for people to fill in. One of them is like asking like, what do you actually want from this? And this is, I I sent this this webpage around to a bunch of friends who are much more uh, knowledgeable and smart when it comes to things like this. And that was one of the best pieces of advice was like, ask people what they want Mm -hmm. um, because that means that you'll understand if you can give it to them. And there were some people that like what they wanted just didn't fit with what I felt like I could do or I didn't Mm -hmm. think was necessarily coming from like the right place for me to be able to assist them. You know, like if somebody said to me, uh, I want to start podcasting because I want to earn millions of dollars. Like I just, (laughs) I can't help you because like that's not how it works. (laughs) How do you do that? (laughs) Yeah. If if this is the route that you want to go down, like I don't think I'm the right person for you. Like I I just, that's not because... That's not where, why I started, right? Like, I, I believe in starting these types of creative projects because you want to do them, not because you want to make money from them. Um, that's kind of like something that I really believe in. And so I feel like I can help people that have that idea to like behind them a little bit more. So I mean, collecting these responses. Sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be contacting uh, the first kind of group of people and we're just going to kind of see where it goes. Like I, what, things that I know I can do, like I'm going to create like a, a forum, uh, probably like a Discord or something for those individuals so we can have constant communication. We're going to have uh, f- 
like regular kind of group Zoom calls, and I know I can provide um, some financial assistance in the way of hosting fees and equipment and、mm. stuff like that. And、mm. this is just the start of it. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be any good at this.、Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. How many people I'm actually going to be able to help at one time?、Um, I'm going to start small, but hopefully, we'll not only be able to grow this over time if it works, but also kind of like have people like quote unquote graduate from the system to make space、mm-hmm. for others, right? Because there's there will come a certain point for some individuals where they'll be like, "I'm good now," you know,、mm-hmm. yeah. uh, like、mm-hmm. I've got this, or I say to someone like, "You're good now," right? Like、mm-hmm. I've done for you what I can do for you. You're doing great. Go ahead. And there will also be people, I'm sure, who will be like, "I don't think this is for me." Right? Like, there's going to be a mix of all that、yeah. stuff. So this is just something that I want to be ongoing in my life now, and I'm just trying to find kind of the right,、uh, the right space for that. But I'm, I'm really enthused by, basically, due to the fact that there have been like a a, a selection of people who have applied for this that, frankly, I never would have found out about otherwise. Yeah. Right.、Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm being completely honest, like there are these people that I that there's there's a multiple people that have applied where I'm like, you've got it, like you've got the thing that I think could mean you can do this if you want to. And frankly, I never would have found out about these people otherwise. And that's why, like, I'm happy that I've done this, and I'm happy that I'm gonna really give this a shot, like to help to try and see what I can do here, because I I do think that it could help elevate some people. Um, who may have otherwise struggled, and like that's the whole point is like realizing that there is a reason, and there is selection of reasons why these people wouldn't have been able to break through, and、mm-hmm. I want to try and bring about some some kind of change to 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 amend that in my industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, no, we. So Dan and I have been. You know, thinking, you know, how do we res- like respond basically to you know just the whole the world now,、mm-hmm. right? And and、um, you know, we had been through a lot of different kind of ideas. You know, like we had thought about maybe doing some way to raise money or some product we give away.、Um, and you know, it's kind of it's tricky. You know, when we were thinking about those things, we always were are like very cautious. Like as coming off as being like. You know, taking advantage of a situation or like, and also trying to—they're easy. Those things yeah, are yeah, easy well, to do, right? Like, yeah, and, and I, yeah. And so, yeah, we just—you know—we were kind of hunting around, and then you know, you had posted your mentorship program, and I think it was still like a couple weeks before we were like, oh wait. That's like the per- Dan, Dan had the idea. He's like, wait, this is the perfect thing to do because <laughs> we, you know, we had all we've always kind of had a culture at our company Dan, between Dan and I of like trying to give back and like educate and like give talks and you know teach classes and things like that.、Um, but we never really kind of put the pieces together that a we could you know like purposefully target like up underrepresented groups, but also. Do it in this way,、um, and so we're kind of very much still figuring out like what exactly this looks like. Because honestly, just like you, we don't know what people need exactly. So I think it's going to be a little bit before we can maybe refine kind of 
you know, the way this works. But, um, you know, thus far, we, you know, we've had a decent response. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, it will evolve um, in terms of like what we're offering people or like how it works. And, you know, I don't know if that means, you know, like you're saying, like some sort of like message board or something where there's like kind of ongoing resources, or is it really best to just have like a one-on-one like check-in kind of thing and like get someone moving in the right direction? So that's kind of gonna. It's really just gonna depend on like what what people ask us for. Um, but anyways, we're excited that we can kind of. Um, it may, it just feels right to kind of make this a the the way it turned out like a kind of a program that's like ongoing that we can like publicly talk about and like you know point people towards a website where they can understand you know what we're offering it it feels way better than like a one off like you know product thing or like a you know a special version that's benefiting an organization or something you know so um so yeah i mean we're ho- hopeful that this like it can be something that can uh can you know can make a big difference so i don't know we'll see but um but yeah that's kind of where it's coming from and yeah if, again yeah thanks mike for leading the way it was like oh wow this is a perfect idea like, we yeah. should do this. yeah <laughs> i think that i think the reason for me it, after seeing mike's thing why it just like clicked into place so cleanly a tom as you already mentioned like this is kind of something we that was oh that's always been important to us is uh you know paying it forward in terms of all the stuff we've learned like we're not super secretive we're secretive about upcoming products but we're not really secretive about how we do things uh if anyone asks us for like a manufacturing contact or anything like that we just give it to them there's no problem with that um so it felt right in terms of like the the teaching that we like to do but the thing that I felt really good about with it is, as you mentioned, like it's ongoing. Like this is just, this is just who we are now. Like this is just a, a thing we do mm-hmm. and it, and we're going to be doing it indefinitely. Um, because that, that's what I, I've kind of been grappling with, uh, these past few weeks is like how to keep the momentum, like how to understand that, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And this needs to be an ongoing thing. We can't just, like you said, you know, raise some money and that's all well and good. And that actually is super important. Um, but then just kind of like feel like we've done our part and then exactly. just move on with our exactly. lives. Um, so I feel really good about just the nature of this thing as like, this is just a part of who we are now and what we do. Yeah. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 60.